0: On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we take a dive into Week One of college. Are you ready for some football? Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that
1: thing that's squeezing at your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now.
0: Welcome back, it's your man Big Cliff, this is Carolina Sports Talk, make sure you check us out on Apple Podcast or wherever it is that you get your podcasts, or tell your Spark speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can also hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Carolina Sports Talk. We are excited this week. Oh, man, we had a good weekend of football in college that we are going to dive straight into. And without further ado, everybody's favorite, your guy and mine, DJ Highstar. Holler at the people, bro.
1: You, you, we're good, people, we're good. Everybody out there in Fort friends, for new day, just another blades of grass, fresh blades of grass in the air. Already, already. So how was your weekend, bro?
0: What you was up to this weekend, man? You was out doing a little, little business, a little, little working out there. What you was up to, man?
1: Yeah, um, for Labor Day, I went out to Georgetown area, Georgetown, South Carolina area. Big shout out to our pro fight, Biggie. Um, And I did a DJ to a birthday celebration out there in that area. Now, last Um, week, you told our fans, um, it's like, yo, I'll be
0: in Georgetown. Y'all don't find me. Did Did anybody come running up to you asking for autographs and like snatching at your clothes and stuff?
1: No, everybody listened to exactly what I asked they did they just left that. you but left you alone <laughs> exactly <laughs> word
0: well were you able to catch out any of the football this weekend though because i'm telling you man it was an outstanding weekend i was excited that college was finally returning man and we had some good
1: games that did not disappoint uh were you able to catch any of the games this weekend right well frankly not in um in live time but i got to catch up on a lot of stuff on uh on labor day but yeah, everything else was, you know, we were we were rocking this weekend.
0: Yes, sir. Well, in case any of you guys out there in listening land missed it, this weekend was the start of college football across the country. Uh, we actually had, for the first time since 1937, five matchups featuring top 25 teams, including two – well, including one of the major top five um, games that we're just going to jump straight into, the Clemson Tigers taking on the Georgia Bulldogs. Um I, oh, man, oh, man. So I've never made any mistakes about it, never hidden the fact that I am a Carolina fan, uh, and that extends to the Gamecocks. I like watching Clemson. Um, I root for them except for when they're playing the Gamecocks. I was a little bit disappointed uh, in in this game against Georgia, although it was absolutely a defensive slugger, not slugger fest, slugger
1: knocker. let's yeah, go with that.
0: Yeah, slugger fest. Let's go with that one. Um, It was a defensive battle up and down and through and through with, in fact, the only touchdown of the game being scored on a pick six by Georgia. Um, And so the Georgia Bulldogs actually defeat the Clemson Tigers 10 to 3, like I said, in the the pretty much the biggest game of the weekend. Um, What were your takeaways, I guess, from the highlights or from anything that you may have seen with that game?
1: I mean, um, the biggest thing was a look at uh, where the deficiencies are. Like you said, um, it was a defensive matchup in the past Clemson has always had a way or found a way, at least for the past four years that we've uh, been blessed with, with Trevor Lawrence, that they always be able to put points on the board. So it kind of shows that they're, that they're missing their um, sunshine. You know,
0: <laughs> ain't no sunshine when he's gone. Cause he is so very remember much a the Titans, uh, reference. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. But listen, I, I was surprised, um, and I probably shouldn't have been because the one glimpse that we had at what this team would look like without Trevor Lawrence last year uh, and the game that he missed, it was the very, very same type of output from them when they played Notre Dame, and so we shouldn't have been as, I shouldn't have been as surprised as I was, but uh, I, I heard a lot of good things coming out of DJ um, over the camp and through the summer, but Man, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping to see this week against South Carolina State University a, a different Clemson team. I understand that Georgia's got probably one of the best defenses in the in the country. Um, Clemson's defense is right there in that same conversation with what they have were able to hold Georgia to. Because, again, without that pick six, uh, we're looking at a 3-3 game going into overtime and possibly double and triple overtime depending upon what those defenses were able to do in overtime. But overall, with the losses that uh, Clemson has sustained, uh, they've got a safety that's out for the rest of the year with an injury. Um, they've got another, if I'm not mistaken, wide receiver who's out three to four weeks with a thumb injury. Um, but overall, I, I'm interested in seeing what that means for them the rest of the year. As it stands, they do not have the Clemson Tigers, another top 25 team on the rest of their schedule all year long. Um, so whether or not the CFP decides to hold this loss against them, it is, of course, better to lose early than it is to lose late and then, for a team to have been in the top five, now the number two team, who I honestly could see not losing the game until they lose to Alabama in the SEC championship. Um, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what they do with regards to Clemson. They have uh, dropped them down from the number three team to the number six team, marking the first time since 2017 that Clemson has dropped out of the top four in the AP poll. So um, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do with the rest of their season there in the ACC. Uh, as we take a look at the rest of the top 25, we also know that there was a matchup against the Crimson Tide, um, the number one Crimson Tide taking on Miami. Now, uh, the U. Uh, I might have to eat a little bit of crow on this because I went out a couple of weeks ago on my Facebook page, my personal page, and made the proclamation that the U was back. Miami was going to beat and beat Alabama and shock the world. And they were down by 27 points in the first quarter. <laughs> Indeed. Bruh, uh, what is it going to take for Alabama to, to fall? Do you see anybody knocking them off this year?
1: Um, No, no, not really. Uh, the joke has been thrown around, and I hate to disrespect professional athletes, but the joke has been thrown around that they're, they're you know, lightly can contend with some of the lower-tier NFL teams. You know what mm. I mean? And it's just the, the program that's in place, the athletes and the system of getting these recruits year in and year out. Right now, it's Alabama's time. It I would say that Clemson kind of threatened that, definitely like we just alluded to. Mm-hmm. And Clemson is still going to get blue-chip athletes, but Alabama is such a system uh, where you know that the whole Southeast region if you're top tier athlete you going to and you want the maximum exposure and you want to play on the biggest biggest stage, you want to go and play for for saving down there. It's amazing. Like you said, just the
0: systematic way that they operate. Um it it <laughs> it's a machine down there and they've got these talented players that fit their systems. It once upon a time it's just like, "Oh, let's just get all of the best." And they still to an extent do that, but they've got players that fit their system that allow them to consistently be that machine that pumps out. Honestly, when they when they uh, had Mac Jones go and all of the, the the Heisman quarterback winning wide receiver, I was expecting some type of dip and some type of drop but it doesn't look like they're, they're going to be doing that anytime soon. Now, we'll see uh, a little bit more what Miami is throughout this year to see if if, if they were just uh, an illusion or if Alabama is just that good. Um, as just we, a
1: side note, that's my squad as well. That's the U, really? So honestly, mm-hmm. growing
0: up before, because uh, I wasn't always an NFL fan growing up, not until the Panthers came into the league in 95, But before that, all I knew was Miami Hurricane football, honestly. Uh, I played for a team, uh, my first Little League team out on Johns Island in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, And I was drafted to a team that I want to say was like, I don't remember the name of the team, but there was another team in the league that was the Hurricanes, and they wore the orange and green. And I was like, no, I got to be on that team. And I literally cried to my dad until he went. I was like, yo, what do we got to do to get him switched to this team? And I played for that team and ended up starting... Um finishing the season with the uh, Hurricanes team. So, growing up, I was a Hurricanes fan, but man, when they after the 2001 season, when um when we got and cheated, Dorton. yeah, that kid after broken. that squad I got cheated, man, my heart was broken. I just I just couldn't I couldn't rock with him no more, man. Uh, yeah. But shout out to the U. Though we I definitely want to see them back. Um, the turnover chain, the just the culture, the energy that's out there in Miami. It's nothing like it. And when when Miami is good, college football is better. Uh, so shout out to them. And we mm-hmm. hope they're able to, you know, kind of bounce back this year. As we look, take a look at the new top 25. As I mentioned, Clemson has dropped down to number six, which makes a very interesting top five. If you take a look at the standings, Alabama receiving 59 first place votes is in number one place, followed by Georgia, who also received four first place votes. If you look at the remaining top five, Ohio State is at number three. And then the last two are very interesting. A future SEC member, Oklahoma, is at number four, and current SEC uh, member, Texas A&M, rounds out at number five. Four of the top five teams in college football are either in and or will be in the SEC. Now, there are those who, uh, who listen to the show who have told me that uh, they will not tolerate my SEC bias, but at the end of the day, I've said it before, and I will say it again, SEC just means more. It is college football as far as I'm concerned, and, and it's evident by just the littering of talent that's placed throughout the top 25. If you continue on, another SEC team this there is number 13, Florida. Um, we've got future member Texas at number 15, uh, Old Miss at number 20, uh, and then Auburn at 25, rounding out for the SEC teams. Now, as we look at our Carolina teams, uh, after a disappointment, disappointing uh, show by Sam Howell, the quarterback who was by many pundits, um, analysts, kind of opinions uh Heisman favorite for the year uh they, they they came out and laid a stinker man in week one so North Carolina has dropped down to number 24 um we've got also fellow Carolina South Carolina team Coastal Carolina after an impressive season last year and a good showing starting off there up to number tw- uh excuse me 17 in the polls um and so are there any teams that kind of stand out that you're interested in seeing uh anybody say it's too high or they're too low or anybody kind of recommend be able to make some movement throughout the season on that poll list?
1: No, I, I definitely, um, am a, a fan of the Chanticleers out there in the coastal and, uh, excited to see what they're going to do this year. I reserve my North Carolina fan, fan hood for basketball. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, I will allow, I will allow whatever happens out there to happen, but shout out to Robert Quinn, uh, for Dorchester alumni, and the North Carolina alumni as well, but um, yeah. So I yeah, mostly Coastal Carolina. I'm, I'm watching what they do this this season. Um, they slowly become one of my, you know, you know, you have those uh, those mid tier favorite teams. You've Got your top tier teams, and then you got your teams that you root for. Yeah, absolutely. The Chanticleers are an interesting
0: uh, outlier to me. Every year, there's a group of five team that um, is right there on the cusp and that may be able to, you know, do a little something. Uh, but with them coming from the Sun Belt, I don't know how likely it is. I'm definitely interested in taking a look and then watching them. They've got a conference. They've got a schedule this year, granted. And their 52-14 to 14 win over the Citadel to start the season. At the end of the day, it was the Citadel. But their next games, uh, the next few games, are of some notable um, elk, if you would. They play this coming Friday. They play Kansas. Um, Then they've got Buffalo on the schedule. They got UMass. So not any, like, super power weights. But at the end of the day, they are playing FBS competition. um, And and they can only play who they've got in front of them. I think one of the key matchups for them will be against Georgia Southern, who has a really really improved squad this upcoming year, along with that Texas state game. I think those two may be able to be um, pivotal, pivotal to see what the viewer, uh, what the voters think of their chances to get into the FBA, uh, the college football playoff this year. I think they, the type they are the type of squad that with the expansion that is expected and anticipated moving forward would benefit the most. Now with the three conferences, the ACC the Pac-12 and the Big 12 coming together to form their little alliance. I don't know what that's going to mean for expansion. I am one who is absolutely on the side of it, not just to see it, be able to see additional SEC teams get in, but for the Coastal Carolinas of the world, for the BYUs, for uh, for even like your Notre Dames, if they decide not to join a conference, to see exactly what they are going to be able to, what opportunities lie for those teams with an expansion from the four teams to the 12-team playoffs. Um, are you uh, uh, in favor of or are you against the expansion when it comes to college football playoff?
1: Um, I'll be transparent. the The NCAA they they're reaching for lifeline. so <clears throat> <laughs> <they clears throat> you need know, help. expansion, expansion, mansion <laughs> Whatever, whatever happens happens at this point because. They they've been found out. In other words, it's like I don't know. I, I'm trying to keep everything uh, family friendly, so I, I gotta limit my analogies right now, Big Cliff. <laughs> but you get where I'm going. They 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 know that they know that they're the thieves and um and right now they have to consolidate. They have to reorganize and restructure and consolidate and they have to figure out something new. They see what's going on in the basketball side of things mm-hmm. and um I'm they are considering a lot of stuff as far as money wise with what happened with the pandemic also. So they're restructuring and, and, you know, and, and granted this, these, these plans and these talks was probably happened way before the pandemic. However, with the pandemic happening and occurring, it, it probably accelerated some, uh, some things. Absolutely.
0: And, and honestly, I, th- I think you hit that nail directly on the head. The NCAA knows that it is a failing institution. Um, it's confidence has been lost by the people. Um, the shadiness has been revealed. And the fact that they have been um, for lack of a better word, robbing these kids and, 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 and milking them and, and using them to, to, to line their own pockets for so long um, has really come to a point where it's coming to a head. And I don't, I don't foresee um, the institution of the NCAA being able to con- continue in its own paths under its current structure. So i the
1: um does the NIL situation have anything to do with this? Do you feel?
0: Oh, absolutely. But it's a band yeah. over uh, a bullet hole. It's something that they were trying to give to the students to say, okay, well, we'll give you this. And honestly, they didn't really want to give it. It was federal courts that mandated that they had to do that. But I think it's, as I mentioned, a band over a bullet hole. They have been milking these, this name, image, likeness of these institute of these students throughout their institutions over the last several years and from its existence, saying they're amateurs, they can't do this. Oh, they're getting a free education while they're making millions on millions on billions of dollars off of them. And so, um, their change had the change has to come, and I don't see them doing so willingly. And so, that just that, even the implement- implementation of that. Is a band aid. It's 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 not going to be effective. It's beneficial for the students, as we've seen so many of them starting to sign these contract contracts. Even the I saw during the uh, Clemson Georgia game, DJ and I'm 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 just gonna keep calling him DJ because I'm not gonna try to say his last name. Uh, see, that's why you don't try. But <laughs> watching DJ in the Dr Pepper commercial, um, mm-hmm. he got paid a million dollars for that, and that's a million dollars that can change his family's life now bro if somebody comes to you tomorrow and says yo dj high star here's a million dollars continue to do what you're doing and your dj career is going to take off but we just want you to do this commercial you pulling up for a million bro come on instantaneously you feel me and so even if if and and not everybody has that million dollar capability with regards to their earning but even for those who are able to go out and say okay i can go and sign these autographs and get an extra thousand dollars but some athletes, that could be able to be the difference in whether or not they're able to stay in school, whether or not they're going to have money to give back to their families and stuff. And so um, I think it's going to be helpful. I just don't know that it's going to be the solution to the to allow the NCAA to really
1: sustain and move forward like they really uh, kind of want to. So not under their current model.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, when the college football playoffs uh, were considered and, and stuff, that's when... <clears throat> if you if you macro look at things that's when you can start seeing the writing on the wall. Uh, things with sports change drastically on the professional and on the coll- collegiate level, I would say around like 2004, 2005ish. And if you are a lot like if you were alive or if you were, you know, of age and a sports fan around that time, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and really how how dirty the college game was back then. Uh everything, as they say, that's in the dark comes to light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, it's
0: it's crazy. It, it's just, the, as you mentioned, the changes that were happening then, and just so much has changed. We as sports fans, not just in the NCAA football, but in basketball, if you think about the transitions that we've witnessed in our lifetime, and not just the gameplay, but the culture of the NBA, the culture of the NFL, and how things have changed and manipulated before our eyes, it's definitely been interesting to see, and it's a good time to be a sports fan. Uh, as we talk about drastic changes in quickness, we mentioned last week uh, that University of South Carolina had some drastic changes with their quarterback situation where they had to start their graduate assistant at starting quarterback. Um, I was worried about what that outcome was going to be for the game, but uh, obviously that was not something that I had to worry about as Mr. Zeb... Um, Nolan went out and, as the headline on ESPN said, completes the improbable return to the field with a season-opening win. Now, we mentioned that he was a former quarterback out West, and when he joined the Gamecock squad, he just fully anticipated being a graduate assistant. He figured, hey, my, my days are over. I've had my six years. Let me go ahead and hang it up. But with uh, COVID-19 last year next years of eligibility, and based on the injuries that were there with the South Carolina Gamecocks, he was thrust into that starting position, and and as such, all he proceeded to do was go out there and execute a forty six to nothing win over the Eastern Illinois Panthers. Uh, he finished the game with thirteen of twenty two for one hundred and twenty one yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Um, one of the things that stood out to me in just watching the highlights for the game and looking at the box score and just even the interviews afterwards. Wasn't so much his performance, even though he really did a good job. Um, it's the culture change that Coach Beeman has been able to implement out there for the South Carolina Gamecocks. One of the things that has really been disappointing over the last several years has been the lack of culture that was there and the lack of winning mentality. Um the Gamecocks, when they were, I guess, in their heyday or whatever, if you would, winning five straight over the Clemson Tigers, and you had your Connor kind of Shaws of the world out there, and Javion Clownies and Melvin Ingram's, and them. you had a, a culture of tenacious defense, fast play on special teams, um, and just an overall culture that really partying oh, quarterbacks. Hey you. <laughs> But you had, you had that culture that felt like a football team, and that's what's been lacking this last several years. Beamer Ball is absolutely back in the NCAA. Uh, now, we know Shane Beamer's dad is Frank Beamer, uh, out from his lore with Virginia Tech and how defense and special teams was the calling card for those teams. Now, he had some dynamic offices with Mike Vick and even Marcus Vick and some of the other quarterbacks that they had there. But Beamer Ball is very famously known for its tenacity on the defensive side. And the special teams, this game featured two scores, two defensive scores and special teams. Um, And and as I mentioned, just the culture and the the look of the team really has me energetic and excited about what the Gamecocks are going to be able to do this season. Um, Now, I'm not going to be one of those fans who's going to step out and say, we're going to the SEC championship, because at the end of the day, that Georgia defense is tough. At the end of the day, Florida is still who they are down there in Gainesville. But uh, it's encouraging and exciting to see uh, the tenacity that is, is there with those players and just that culture change. And this is the seeds that I think are, are these are the seeds that are necessary to allow our program to really get roots and grow forward. So after one game, I'm excited about it. Now, I'm not going to ask you your opinion simply by your face right now, bro, because I <laughs> oh, mean, go ahead.
1: What? No, you go ahead. <laughs> your face is like yo, you sound like voice. a fan right now, bro. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. All of that. But I'm excited as well. I just I'm not excited to run to any tailgates anytime soon or any kind of spreader events. So, you know, football is back. Yeah, football is back. And my see, listen, you come a lot of times with the analyst angle and you can give that I give that real talk over here from, you know, sometimes a casual fan, but a, a casual fan that stays in the barbershop too long. That's what it. Is. So okay. I give the analyst, and you you give the uh, the color commentary. I'm the Rob Parker that wouldn't have got kicked off a of first. Steps. Well, I might have got kicked off. I might have got kicked off because I, I would have said something about RG3 as well. But that's it. That's another callback. But anyways, <laughs> what I'm saying is, um, like you said, with the culture and the excitement of Gamecock football for me um, down in Columbia, it was always attached to being able to and being so close to college football. That's kind of the the closest thing outside of traveling to Clemson. Um of course you've got your Citadel games down in in uh Charleston, but they're not the same right. as the Gamecock Saturday, if you will pause. I don't it feels like the pause is necessary there. No, nah, that's not, that's not a possible is, it, It's the Gamecocks. That's they are. Relax, relax, relax. I I'll, I'll, I'll enter the pause. Gamecocks. There. It's a whole <laughs> it's a whole experience. Um I had a one of our frat brothers, he actually used used to live on the back side of the stadium so just hanging out with him mm-hmm. drinking beer at his house you could hear every time they scored or whatever and you know it was you're watching it on TV and realize that there's such a delay in the feed because you hear in the crowd before you even see it on mm-hmm. TV so yeah Gamecock football is, is is something else and I'm excited about that but I'm just not the super fan where I can break down demon ball and and all of that stuff bro now, for me, ball. I, I earned this, bro. I'll never forget right, the first right. time
0: uh, as a Little League football player. I might have been pff, nine playing uh, football in Charlotte. This Charleston.
1: guy was a Miami Hurricane yeah. fan from Little League. and a, Go ahead, bro. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, bro. But No, no, no. Listen no. what I'm saying.
1: And a Gamecock fan.
0: We went to a Citadel football game. And to watch the players that were doing what we were doing, but was so much bigger, faster, and stronger was amazing to me. And I was like, oh, I got to do that. I, I've mm-hmm. got to learn what they do. And so literally we had, our team had the opportunity to get on the field. We, we sat and we talked with um, several other players. Um, and I just asked. I remember asking one of the guys, I don't remember what position he had we played. I just saw I was big. I was like, what do I got to do to get where you at? And he looked and smiled and was like, work, work hard. I I was where you were, and I did it. Mm -hmm. Now, I I wasn't blessed to play college football. Injuries sustained um, throughout high school, prevented that from playing. But um, just that experience put a seed in a love of the game of football for me, specifically college. Even though, as I mentioned, I am a a pro fan, and I do love my Carolina Panthers, but the experience of actually being at a game, there is nothing like a college football game. You mentioned South Carolina. When the game gets ready to start, and they play that odyssey uh, 2001 um and it bah! Boom, boom boom and that stadium goes nuts. And then they play the whoa, 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 and it's jumping and people are swaying and you can literally feel the stands underneath you rocking in williams Sprice, bro. There is nothing like it. Similarly, in Death Valley, um, to, to be able to go to a Clemson game and when the players are running down the hill and they're touching Howard's Rock. Or to watch a game at the big house and hear the Michigan fight song, or to hear the Notre Dame fight song—it's like there is nothing like the experience of college football for me. Um, with pros, certain people have team—they have their team loyalties. Um, you guys, the listeners, will be able to have the chance to check out the um, Carolina Sports Talk Women's Fantasy League uh, that had their draft in War Room that'll be uh, released on Thursday but to listen to those women and their experiences and why some of them are so such uh, hardcore diehard fans of the football teams that they are with regards to pro um, there're similar stories when it comes to college football as well but those stories are even further deep uh, like even further and deeper for so many people where you have families who have grandfathers and great-grandfathers and other loved ones who have attended these colleges hundreds of years ago and and, and so for many of these football teams like if you can consider that this past year with south carolina and clemson it was the first time since like the like the 30s or 20s or whenever it was that that game wasn't played and that's a legacy that sustained through time and and so just the experience and the legacy and the rich heritage that's there with college football man it gives me goosebumps to think about it man just
1: clearly clearly bro. are you done (laughs)
0: <laughs> can i get my emmy real quick bro You're can taking, i get on my uh,
1: voice to atlantis over here <laughs> All right, bro?
0: can i get on my uh sports journey and go ahead and get my uh my, my emmy my daytime emmy for my podcast real quick bro as we get back to the uh <laughs> to the show uh one other highlight i wanted to mention from this week's um opening weekend in college football Uh, Shane Beamer actually wasn't the only person making his head coaching debut in the capital city. Uh, Benedict college coach, Shennis Berry actually made two pieces of history. In addition to starting his first ever, or or yeah, from coaching his first ever game there at Benedict college. Uh, he also played a team that had never played before. Benedict college defeated Allen university in their first ever football game, 45 to 12 at Johnson stadium there in Columbia. So shout out to them. Uh, he took over the program back in 2020, so we wish him much success. Uh, we also wish uh, success to Allen University in their endeavors in football. Uh, along that lines, bro, y- you want to see Claflin get a football team? No. Uh, why not?
1: <laughs> it's uh, not our. There's a lot going on in Orangeburg right now, right? And honestly, I I'm grown to the point where I can accept where we're at as far as as a university. I. That would crowd up Orangeburg way too much. Even if we shared Dawson, um, mm. it would still it would still make Orangeburg just a little too crowded. I think. Make the block Focus too hot. on <laughs> the basketball. Focus <laughs> on the basketball program and 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 focus on that, you know, and keep it at that right now. We got a lot going on at Claflin. Shout out to CU. But nah, no football team right now. Some might be
0: shocked to hear me say this. I one thousand percent agree. Um, and and Claflin University, our alma mater, is uh, currently playing in the CIAA, which is a basketball primarily conference. They do have football, um, but it's a basketball conference. Um, and I and I think that as that focus has continued to. Uh, arise there for the Clashman Panthers that they very easily can take the take the CIAA tournament and possibly make some noise in a national tournament. So I could, I'm happy with them being a football. I mean, a basketball school. Um, it's not like I can go back and play football anymore anyway. So you know, nah, they can stick where they at, man. So as we move forward, it's time for a Big Deal. That's a big deal. No thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. We're going to uh, keep it short for you today since we do have some extra shows coming out some for you tomorrow. Uh, first up on our Big Deal, no thing. The Presbyterian College Blue Holes defeat the St. Andrews Knights 84-43. Uh, for those of you who may not know, care, or have heard about it, Presbyterian, um, their big win 84-43 was fueled by, by um, some interesting uh, decisions on the behalf of their coach. Throughout the game, he did not punt. He also called, I think it was four different onside kicks when they were kicking off. Uh, So, High Star, would you say it's a big deal or no thing? Also, I
1: think we should give context to the coach himself, you know, um, that, what, it's his first year coaching
0: yeah, so it is his first year. He just got on at uh, PC back in uh, May, as a matter of fact, after coaching at Pulaski Academy. He actually won nine state championship, uh, nine, nine state championships with over 200 wins in 18 years. But uh, he's definitely bringing that uh, gunslinger mentality.
1: Right. And, and considering all of that, like, so this is layered, and I, I hate doing a layered answer where it's kind of playing defense, fence, but hear me out. Okay. It's no thing because of nah, who and no where thing. Presbyterian is as a program. Uh-huh. But it is a big deal because that's, that's not sustainable long term. And they're going to have to do something with this guy. Either sit him down or they're going to have to like, granted, yeah, everybody come out, Riverboat Ron and stuff like that. Listen, Ron Rivera knew when to punt. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> he knew when to punt. You got to
0: know when to hold him. No win yeah. to fold them. Um, yeah, bro. And honestly, though, as I take a look at their schedule, um, he's playing Dayton, Campbell, Moorhead State, Davidson. Uh, they play San Diego. <sighs> now, I, I don't see a time where he's going to be humbled moving forward. Um, I'm not sure what his attempts are. Um, I'm going to say it's a big deal. That's a big deal. There's a certain gamesmanship um, and respect amongst college football where when you won, you won, and you, you call off the dogs. Um this 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 coach didn't seem to get that uh, memo and as such his quarterback Ryan Hemfley threw for 38 38 out of 50 completions with 538 yards and the new FCS record of 10 touchdowns. Now, not only was that bad enough and I, and I guess he he may have tried to call off the dogs at some point because Then they brought in another quarterback, Tyler Huff, who threw seven for nine for 63 yards and another two touchdowns with zero interceptions. And then apparently they tried to call off that dog and put in Gabe Carroll, who went two for two for 20 yards. I'm going to say it's a big deal because he's now marked himself in his very first collegiate game as a head coach. He's got these guys coming after him and um, there's going to be a lot of folks who are going to be gunning for them and say, oh yeah, you think that's you, that, you think that's what it is? We coming for you, but- I
1: figured that, it out, though. I figured it out. What's that? He had big bread out there in Vegas on his bread. <laughs> that's what it was. he was. So he's like, no, we're going to make a statement. I, I got to get this he, money, this he money. Was he was P. Diddy, can't stop, won't stop.
0: That's hilarious. <laughs> As we transition the only uh, non-college topics of the day, uh, the Carolina Panthers' right guard, John Miller, has been listed on the COVID-19 list and out for week one. Is this a big deal or no thing?
1: Uh, it's a big deal for me because that's my fantasy deal. quarterback.
0: That's my quarterback, Sam man.
1: That's my quarterback. Oh, we don't got that sound bite? <laughs> nah, nah, we'll have to get it from over forward. That's
0: my quarterback. Speaking man. of,
1: just on the side note, T.O. has been very spicy in the – Mm, In the past couple weeks. Listen. And maybe another conversation for another day. Listen, we're
0: going to have to get on that because I saw the article about him saying he would beat the
1: blip out of uh, Donovan McNabb. Like he wants to fight him. Donovan and he's brought up Brandon Marshall, but nevertheless. Uh, um, Yeah. Yeah, That's a big deal to me. (laughs) Um, We got to write. We got to write. you said that's the right guard, right? Yes, starting right guard. And of course, you know Sam Darnold is right-handed or whatnot, so it's not like you know a this blind blindside situation. But but it's still very uh, pivotal for him to be like his comfort that he's gained and his confidence that he's gained with the Panthers offense has come with a full unit. So I, I'll say it's a big big deal. I agree. I also think it's that's a, big a big deal. Big deal. Uh, I'm very
0: interested in seeing. Um, the end result. I think the, and I mentioned it I want to say on one of the specials. I've been doing so much recording lately, bro. It's like, yo. But um I mentioned it on on air recently that the game 3 of the preseason when they played the entire first half started off shaky. Um and it wasn't until uh Joe Brady began to change the play calling that allowed Sam the hey, option 1, option 2, get the ball out of your hand quickly. And that allowed him to seem a lot more settled and and and, and took away Some of the uh, stage fright, if you would, that I felt like I was seeing from him. And so I think it's a huge deal because anything that is going to take him out of his comfort zone is going to allow those ghosts that he admitted seeing up in New York to come back. And, bro, you don't need to see. Listen to me now. Sam Darnold, if you don't hear nothing else and if anybody's listening that can get to Sam, tell him, don't see no ghosts in Carolina, bro. We don't need that. And so I think it's a big deal. Hopefully it won't be too big of a deal against the Jets. That motivation to be able to show that he is the quarterback that everybody thought he was capable of being, especially against his former team in week one. Hopefully that uh, would allow him to, to, to show his manhood, if you would, um, and, and come out again in Carolina, week. They, they are playing in
1: Charlotte, correct, at Bank of America. So do I start him or do I start Ben Roethlisberger in Buffalo? Mm-hmm. This is nothing to do with our league,
0: bro. I honestly, I'm I'm going with Sam. I have zero faith in Ben Roethlisberger, not because of him being like 112 years old. I understand that some Steelers fans are going to tell you, oh well, he's lost all his weight and he's been rededicated. I have no confidence in Juju Smith Schuster to be a number one wide receiver. Um, Claypool is a Claypool. quality slot, a, a, a deep threat, but he is he's been figured out. Uh, and then the biggest thing, the, the the main singular reason that I have no faith in Big Ben is because of the offensive line. They've got no continuity. They have no uh, togetherness that allows them to really make me have any confidence in their skills and to be able to protect a statue of a quarterback back there who, as I mentioned, is 112 years old. So I'm staying far and he away from runs like a
1: 1987 Ford
0: F-150. Exactly. <laughs> and so even with Najee Harris back there uh, for the running game, I don't know that the line can block for him. So I am stay. I have actually stayed away from all Steelers players in fantasy this year, and I'm not touching them with a 12-foot pole. you that defense and special teams? Yes. T.J. Watt has not played. In a- he's led the league the last two years in sacks with 19 and a half, and he's not played at all this preseason in the hopes of getting a new contract. He's been at the team facilities working out but he's not yet been in the fields. And so uh, even with that, him not being it, he's the heart and soul of that defense. I'm not touching nothing with black and gold on it this year, bro. Pause. So we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that. And maybe in one of our fantasy specials, we can kind of dive back into that, take a little deeper look. Last up on big deal, no thing, Houston Texans. Yes, they're still a football team. The Houston Texans have named Tyrod Taylor QB1 to start the season. Big deal or no thing?
1: Uh, big deal. Mm, that's okay. a big deal. Why? Um. Again, it's just, uh, it's, it just seems like a big deal with this Cam Newton stuff going on, along with, of course, the, the wading in the water, Deshaun Watson, um, touch him in the private part. Deshaun Watson or pay for a happy ending, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, He's he's in the background just, you know, floating out there and it feels like, again, with Cam Newton out there, it just feels like a big deal. It just feels like a big deal, bro. That's all I got from the barbershop chair, man. It no feels like <laughs> Honestly,
0: to me, that's no thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. And here's why. There aren't many words that can... Summate what I expect to see uh, from the Houston Texans.
1: I heard you. I hope you heard that. Be easy. Go (laughs) ahead.
0: There aren't many words that I can use. That's gonna um, anticipate what I expect for their season. So the only thing that I can actually the best the best sound for them and what I expect for their season. (laughs) Literally, that's all I I got, bro. Like, yeah. So if if Cam goes. if Cam goes no there, no there's I'll no offensive ahead. line, there's no weapons, there's no desire for any of them to want to be there. They have poor leadership up and down. The poor coaching staff, this is their first year, and they're like, yo, bro, is it too late for me to go someplace else? Like it's 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 a dumpster fire, bro. There is nothing positive that I can see coming out of Houston. Um if if I'm not touching any of the Turkey Pittsburgh players, say again. Turkey leg hut listen that's their one benefit yo man we got beat by 86 tonight at least we can go to the turkey, leg, to the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe we can go I listen to some it. chopped and screwed music that's about it bro <laughs> i don't expect nothing good. listen the only thing sadder than the houston texans are the houston rockets but that's neither here nor there we'll save mm. that for basketball season uh you uh, High Star, my guy, I appreciate you. As I mentioned to the people, we're going to keep it short this weekend just simply because we do have so much else coming out. Um, before I let you holler at the folks and get your outros, I do want to let you guys know that uh, new episode Wednesday, of course, we're dropping today. But we have got some specials coming out for you tomorrow with the first Uh, regular season uh, draft room of the Carolina Sports Talk Football League, as well as the Carolina Sports Talk Fabulous Ladies Football League. Uh, They had their draft last night. You guys are in for a treat. Those ladies are a lively bunch. Uh, They are a trash-talking bunch. They love football. Um, The ones that were on the call last night uh, or during the recording for their draft had uh, had some high energy and a love for their teams. And so we're, we're gonna be in for a treat now the I think we made for the both fantasy teams go to a once a month type format just to kind of give you some special you know insight into what the leagues are doing as well as answer any of your questions with regards to fantasy. Um, so make sure you check us out. check that out uh, check us out on the social media uh, but before we go DJ Highstar you want to highlight the people who got anything you want to tell them?
1: Yeah, for sure again, uh, follow me at Dj underscore high Star h-i-g-h-s-t-a-r on instagram be on the lookout for a donut giveaway that i have coming up pretty soon uh, and then also i'll be dropping of course my my regular wild and wednesday mix today so be on the lookout for that as well yes sir well this your man
0: big cliff as always i appreciate you tuning in make sure you check us out on apple Podcasts, spotify or tell your smart speaker play carolina sports talk you can hit us up on Instagram or Facebook at Carolina Sports Talk, or hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at carolinasportsstalk dot Make sure you check out the fantasy specials dropping tomorrow, Thursday, and until next week. Hey. have
1: attention, please. You ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. I, you ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. To